Hi, welcome to Solo BG. My name is Derek and I'm so excited to be on this episode number 10. We made it. First 10 episodes of the podcast. Thank you, all of you amazing listeners. And tonight we have a very special episode and I'm with my friend Caleb and Jonathan. How are you guys? Doing well. I'm good. How are you? Doing good. What have you been playing, Jonathan? Um, well, this week I played one of the Kickstarter games I got, uh, Dwarves Winter. Um, I, so far, I've only played it cooperatively, but it's a um, semi-cooperative, mm-hmm. um, almost like a tower defense game where you're still trying to get more points than your opponents, but you're still trying to stop the monsters from getting in and destroying the castle. Okay. Um, and so far, it's been pretty challenging. I think we got a couple of the worst monsters to get starting off. So Did you was, won? No, we lost. Okay. Um, in like three <laughs> turns. Okay. But, um, but it was pretty cool. I really like the minis that came with it. Um, mm-hmm. You already painted them? No. Okay. Um, but there's the little little dwarf minis that are different colors for each character, and then there's um, all the minis for the monsters are pretty cool. So. Okay. But I'll have to play that solo, so we can talk about that at another point. But um, mm-hmm. so far, it's pretty fun, but I want to try it again and see what the different monsters do. All right. It sounds cool. What about you, Kelly? What have you been playing? Well, I've actually been playing a lot of app board games here recently. Oh, you suck. You're going, <laughs> you're going digital. You shouldn't do that. You stick well, to the physical thing. I always prefer the physical, especially if you're playing like, the games that we would play on game night uh, you know, like the game we're going to talk about today, or uh, Scythe, or other things like that. But, you know, some of the games like uh, Settlers of Catan, or Ticket to Ride, or things like that that I wouldn't want to play on a regular game night. I agree, it's true. Yeah, yeah having a digital implementation of them, um, you know, is, is a much better way of playing those kind of games. So, for, for example, Ticket to Ride, you can bust out a game of that in five or ten minutes, because, you know, the AI takes half a second to take their turn so you basically feel like you're almost playing solo yeah um, you know because just constantly you're turning the whole way so the, the new one i've been playing is the carcassonne app and i think they did a really good job with you know the digital implementation it mm-hmm. plays really smoothly um it's actually a game i never played before i sort of skipped past that when i uh, got introduced into the hobby and always kind of looked down on it a little bit as being a gateway game that you know i had moved beyond but going back and playing it now uh, you know i really do enjoy it i don't think i'd like it as much if we were to bring it to the table. Oh, yeah, no, no. I definitely will opposite to that in a game night, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, playing it on the phone for, you know, five or ten minutes and knocking a game out, uh, uh-huh. it's a lot of strategy, uh, you know, a few minutes, and it's a fun experience. Okay, great. I've been playing this week one of the games that we talked about on the last episode, Jonathan, uh, Batman Under Siege, uh, Gotham. Uh, no, what is the name? It's Batman, uh, the animated series Gotham Under Siege. Uh, I've been playing it. It's cool. Uh, so far, I play it solo. I play cooperative with my wife. And it's super fun. Also, another thing that I like from the game is that even if it's new, uh, so far in Board Game Geek, they have already expansions made by other players, like another, uh, other acts that makes the game more challenging and also more uh, longer. So I've been playing that and I've been painting all the minis. I've been spending the week painting minis and it's been super fun too. Now today on episode number 10, we will talk about a very good game. Actually, it's one of your favorites, Caleb, the story. You like the story of the game a lot is The Reckoners, and it's based on the novels by Brandon Sanderson, and it's published by Nauvo Games. So we will talk about the game, and let's start with the show. Box and cover. So now let's start with the box and cover of this amazing game. Once again, it's The Reckoners, published by Nauvo Games, and it's designed by Brett Sobel and Seth Van Orden. So the box, what do you think about the size of the box, Jonathan? You know, you're a, a size guy, so what do you think about the, guy, the size? You call me fat? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling you tall. Okay. Um, but no, it is a very large box, um, and we'll talk about the components that are in there, but, you know, I think it is... It's pretty big, right? I guess. It, it's a big box, but uh-huh. um, I think, you know, the size of the box helps have a, the, the nice art on the front. And it's super heavy. I mean, I'm carrying the box right now. You can hear how I'm moving it. It's super heavy. 
Uh, don't be nervous, Caleb. Nothing is broken inside. Uh, and it says that it plays one to six players, 14 plus, and then it takes 75 minutes per game. What do you think about the game, Caleb? I got the game time, I'm sorry. I think that's pretty accurate. I uh-huh. mean, sometimes games come crashing to a halt earlier than that, but I think, you know, the couple of times... I, I love doing this. <laughs> the couple of times we've won, I think, yeah, 75 minutes was probably about the right length. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not one of those games that's going to be a lot, uh, you know, a lot longer your first game, and then it sort of goes down. I mean, the first game, I think, is plays pretty easily. Yeah. So we'll talk about that later, but as far as the time goes, yeah, I think 75 minutes is uh, a good time. One of the things that I like from the game is the, the art... And I, I guess it's good to give credits to those people. It says the illustration is by Miguel Coimbra, and the graphic design and 3D is by Ian O'Toole, um, and, well, the plastic trace side by Game Trace, the company. So the game, besides being big, it's very heavy. I love doing this. Um, now, I know there's two versions, Caleb. Can you explain us the difference and why? Yeah, let's talk about uh, what's inside the box. I love it. Let's go to Inside the Box, guys. Inside, inside the box. box. So now we are inside the box, but before we start, actually, I know that Caleb... This is your favorite section of the show when I say the inside the box with the effect. But I was thinking, can you do can you do it better? Inside the box. Yeah, I love it. I like, <laughs> and I love doing this. This you can hear it. This just <laughs> love. You can what the listeners <laughs> Yeah, I know, but it's it's just it's just a big box that I'm moving around and I can feel all the metal coins. I wish it was like money or something, you know. Well, it is money, but real one. It's There's lots in there. So tell us, Jonathan, what is inside the box? Um, so inside the box, and this will be the same with the um, regular game. Um, that you would get not just the Kickstarter or Gen Con exclusive one, uh, but there will be six miniatures for the different Reckoners that you play with. Um, you'll have a Steelheart miniature. Um, I believe in the regular game it's just a plastic miniature for Steelheart, not the metal one. Um, but then you'll get 25 miniatures for the little enforcers, which are like the military um, now, guys. Is, is it steel or metal? Good question, right? <laughs> okay, keep going. I'm just kidding. But anyway, before I was interrupted here, um, <laughs> um, you have the 25 miniatures for the um, enforcers. But besides that, for each character that you play, you get the special dice um, that are associated with your specific character. Um, there's some um, generic dice that everyone gets. And then you've got the custom trays. Some of those are for the characters that you play. There's custom trays for the epics, which are the superhero or I guess superpower bad guys that you fight. And then Steelheart has his own custom plastic tray that tracks his progress and as he gets more powerful or weaker throughout the game, um, he has his own uh, custom tracker as well. Yeah, I think that the headline here, if you've heard of this game or if you've seen it online, the thing people are talking about, I think rightfully so, is the quality of the components. So I think maybe since Mechs vs. Minions came out a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, it's kind of, yeah. I, th- I think it's yeah comparable to that. And yeah. you know that blew people away and this one is sort of in a similar vein of you know, whether or not you like the game pay, play, yeah. I think you're definitely going to appreciate the components. Oh, yeah. I mean, you pay a price for it because it isn't a cheap game. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite thing about the components is the uh, the trays. And when you have the custom dice and you roll them, uh, it feels so great to have, like, a specific spot to place the dice when you're uh, yeah, carrying true. out the actions. Yeah. So I like the way that feels. Um, I like the chunkiness of the dice. Uh, the miniatures look really good. Jonathan was ex- describing the retail version. I got the one at Gen Con. I think you might be able to get this, I don't know, through the Nabu Games website. But mm-hmm. the, the miniatures came pre-painted. And then also... Uh, Which is you, a big advantage, you know? Uh, yeah, I think it looks good. For I will say in this game, the miniatures are mostly just placeholders. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a tactical miniatures game. Dudes on a map where, you know, it really brings a theme out just because of the miniatures. Yeah. I mean, they, they're just placeholders. But it still does add to the theme. Um, and then... You know, this extra deluxe edition also comes with a lot of the components changed into metal because the main bad guy you're going to fight is uh, 
uh, an epic called Steelheart. That so, was my question before you say it. I was going to ask you if Steelheart is a good... I mean, we know, but I don't think it's a big spoiler for all you listeners. Steelheart, even if we mention it a, a couple of times already, is not the good guy. He's actually the he's opposite. The, yeah, he's the main bad guy. So yeah. we could talk about what, what the theme of the game is and what the story is uh, of that theme. But basically, to summarize, he, he turns things into metal. So he can change yeah. walls into metal. He can change objects into metal people in a metal, so he actually comes as a metal figure, and also lots of the little um, components you use to track the different trackers um, are also turned into metal. The coins are metal, so it really brings up a theme in this game yeah. in particular that these things have been upgraded to, uh, to metal components. Yeah, we will talk a little bit like in global about the story of the game and the theme of the game for all you listeners that haven't had a chance to read the book or you're not very familiarized with that, but we will talk a little bit, like, like I said, in global just to to tell you who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. In that way, we can understand a little bit better in a short way how the game plays. So let's jump into the gameplay section. Gameplay. Gameplay. So now we are in the gameplay section. And thank you so much, little Caleb, for that uh, introduction. It was so outstanding. Uh, now, before we jump into the actual gameplay, on, to understand a little bit better, and without revealing any big spoilers, Jonathan, can you explain us a little bit about the theme and what about the Reckonerses? Like, can you, in that way, we can get into the atmosphere of the game? Sure. Um, so this game is based around the first book of the Reckoners trilogy, and the first book is called Steelheart. Um, but in that book, you are introduced to a world that's um, a near future, dystopian future, uh, mostly set in what they call New Kaga, which is Chicago, basically. Oh, it's an awful name for a city. That's the city name? Uh-huh. New Cargo? Yeah. Holy, okay. Um, but um, basically there was an event <laughs> where people were given superpowers, um, but unlike a lot of things that we've seen, like the show Heroes or things where there was like a solar event and these people would become heroic, the people with powers are bad. And those are what we call the epics. And then the Reckoners are the good guys, and they're just regular humans. So what their goal is is to take down the epics to try to restore order in this dystopian future and steelheart is kind of like the big bad you know almost like an evil superman character so he's the toughest epic um that they're trying to take down and that is pretty much what where you start in the game is you're playing as a reckoner you're taking on the mid to low level epics and then steelheart's the the big boss that you're trying to beat before you lose okay why why i was laughing sorry for my language that i was about to say but um the city is new Cago, right so the word cago in Spanish is refers in a vulgar way to when you go into the restroom and do number two. Okay. So it's like a, if you translate, it will be like a new way to shit, I guess. <laughs> so that's why I was like, sorry for my French. But that's why I was like, but anyway, now that we know the theme that is not the restroom aspect, it's more about the, you know, this, like you said, Jonathan, these superheroes and these pretty much uh, amazing and badass bad guy, you know, that mm -hmm. he's trying to convert everything to metal and there's I, I i haven't read the book i need to say that um but i know there's more bad guys besides um uh steelheart since i played the game I'm, I'm assuming that uh they all pretty pretty cool now caleb how the game plays we'll be back after a quick break Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The way 
The way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. One quick thing I want to talk about with the theme is that this game, the theme really comes out in this game. Like we talked about the metal components, that's a big aspect of it. And then, Jonathan, I don't, I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but because the, the bad guys all have the superpowers and the good guys are just regular humans who are trying to fight back against them, they don't have any powers to use, so they sort of have to use their ingenuity to try to take down the epic. So, oh, that's cool. So yeah. every one of the epics in the story has, um, I guess, like a weakness. So the characters in the book try to spend time researching the weaknesses of these characters, sort of their Achilles heel, and then that's how they're able to you know, take down some of the epics. Um, and they actually build that in to the, uh, the gameplay. So when you're rolling the dice, there's a few different results that can come up. But uh, two of the main ones would be like fight result, which would do damage to an epic. Okay. Um, and then you also have a research result, which um, you can, you know, maybe your character's better at research. My character's better at fighting. We can work together and each play to our strengths. Um, because when you research the epic, their health automatically goes down by a certain amount. So there's sort of two tactics you can use to take... Uh, down the epics in each location, and that really adds to the strategy of the game. Okay. So, I mean, I, when we play it uh, a couple of times, one of the things that I liked from the gameplay was that, for example, we compared this game to, uh, when, by the time that we played it, with, Th- with the Thanos Rising, the Marvel yeah. game. So it was kind of a Jatsy mechanic too. You're rolling dice, you're placing dice, and in order to, uh, to roll again, you need to place at least one die. But one of the main difference between this one and Thanos Rising was that on this one, you don't need to wait for the other characters. Yeah. Right? I think that's a big plus. Because yeah. I, I was super excited for Thanos Rising, and maybe yeah. we'll talk about that another day. Uh, yeah, yeah, we will. Day. Because I like the game, actually. Yeah, I think I would have liked it a lot better in a world that didn't also include the Reckoners. Hey, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not a Marvel guy, and I love the game. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a huge Marvel fan, but in that game, you definitely... It, I mean, if you've ever played the game King of Tokyo, you know, I, I, it's, no, another, it's no, another game no, I love. No, no. But it has that same Yahtzee mechanic where no, you watch no. one person roll, and they re-roll, and they re-roll, and then it's the next person's turn. And Thanos had, sort of had that same thing. It was slightly different mechanics, but you're still watching one person do three re-rolls. And in uh, this Reckoners game, they've, I, I think, made a really good game design choice because everybody rolls and re-rolls at the same time. And you can, you know, I could roll once, and then you could roll once, and you could say, actually, Derek, why don't you roll again? Ah, oh, roll again. Yeah. So now you've used three of your re-rolls. I'm only on one. So you can do it sort of asynchronously. Yeah. Uh, and that really adds a lot of strategy because you can sort of react to what other people are doing. Yeah, so what will you say, Jonathan, that is the main goal, if you want to put it simple, the main goal of the game? Well, the, the main goal ultimately is to beat Steelheart. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's two ways you can go about that. Just like any of the um, other epics, Steelheart, you have to research him to a certain extent before you can do damage. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you defeat some of the lower level epics... Um, those cards will have rewards, and some of those are rewards that will help you research Steelheart. So yeah. kind of balancing out how to manage these weaker epics, but also focusing on Steelheart before either all of the population of the city has died. New Cago. New Cago. Yeah. <laughs> now, I know you like the upgrades of the game, too. The cards that we can buy mm-hmm. every, every round. Can you talk about a little, a little bit of that one? Sure. So some of the options, um, when you roll the dice, you can get money to buy um, either different weapons or... Um, other armor items, different things you can use to either modify your dice rolls or add new dice. Um, and this kind of fits with the theme of the book too. Um, there's like a kind of black market trader that, that sells the character's items. So spoiler alert. Yeah. Sure. Um, (laughs) so it kind of fits with that where, you know, you're kind of, you know, building up to buy these more powerful weapons to, 
test them out on the epics. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not one of those games where, you know, you finish around and everybody gets to buy something. You kind of pull your resources together and you might be able to buy one new item. So um, even that's kind of a, a struggle to figure out how you balance money versus, um, you know, keeping yeah. epics at bay each turn. One of the cool things I would like to mention here in the gameplay is that the resource or the coins that you get, um, you can, like you said, either spend it for upgrades or you can also spend it to make damage to the to the bad guys, which I think is one of the cool things about the gameplay on this game that you're just attacking and attacking and attacking and attacking and try to, uh, you know, uh, block any, uh, unfortunately, outcoming that it can, that the game can bring. Right? Yeah. I, I feel like the game, if you could describe it in one word, it's almost balance. Yeah. You're just mm-hmm. trying to balance. Do you want to upgrade now so that you'll be better prepared to handle epics in the future or do you want to take out that epic now because he's about to do damage to you mm-hmm. and you're constantly figuring out which tracks to move up and down um, to reach your goal it, it feels like you're almost like on a boat that has like one it springs a leak and then yeah. you like try to you know cover that hole up and another yeah. one pops up so you're just constantly tracking so many things it's like jonathan cover that hole man yeah, yeah. you're i mean you're really just trying to to do defense and offense and sometimes you just you think okay i know we're going to have a lot of damage come to our population this round but Let's just spend all our energy trying to take out the epic. Yeah. Uh, and you just have to make those decisions. And, of course, you're doing this cooperatively. And it's not a real-time game, but it feels very much like things are happening in the moment. Yeah. Um, even though you can talk, take a break and talk as much as you want, because we're all re-rolling it again in that asynchronous way, I feel like uh, you know, it feels like you're in the action. Exactly. So the gameplay is very easy. Very, uh, the rule book, it will tell you pretty much step-by-step what you need to do. And now, let's jump into my favorite section of the show, which is usually the most fun one. If you'd rather play this game solo or cooperative. Solo or cooperative? Solo or cooperative. Thanks again, Mr. Little King of Magicians. <laughs> Let's bring that intro with me. So now, let's start with if we rather play, I'm sorry, this game solo or cooperative. We're also going to rate the game. We're also going to check about the weight of the game. That literally, if you talk about the weight, is heavy. Um... But let's start with you, Caleb. So tell us about uh, if you'd rather play this game solo or cooperative. Uh, I think this one's probably a cooperative game for me just because, I mean, the, the game mechanics are the same. It's one of those games where if you're playing solo, you just play it cooperatively with multiple characters together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like, because of that, I like to focus on being one character. It lets me role play a little bit more, try to pretend to be the guy who I'm you know, supposed to be. And then bounce off the other characters and see yeah. what other people have to say when we're playing the game. Yeah. What about you, Jonathan? I would agree. Um, and I think you were two weeks in a row choosing solo games. Yes. And now you're going back to the old Jonathan. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know, I think with this game, there's really not much added for solo. Like it doesn't have a special variant or anything like that. Um, but I think, especially if you read the books, and at least for me, I played the game first um, and then started reading the books afterwards because I like the story. Um, and even in that story, you've got different characters that kind of have, you know, either different specialties or different, a different thought process about how they're going to take out an epic. So I think even just having the three of us with our, you know, different ideas, how we want to play the specific characters that kind of builds into the story. Like we're trying to take down these epics as if we were Reckoners ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if you're playing solo by yourself, even though you're controlling multiple characters. Well, I don't know how we will play solo without yourself. Yeah. That's a good thing. But you were saying? I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm just pushing you, Jonathan. I'm pushing you. Okay, you were saying? Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, when you're solo, you, you know, you already know the decisions that you want to make. And I think having the different perspective kind of fits the theme of the game where you're trying to tactically take down these super-powered villains. 
Yeah, yeah that's one thing in, in in the story. They you know they don't always agree on what to do. So I didn't think about that, but playing it cooperatively brings out that part of the theme as well. Now it's interesting because this review, like we mentioned before recording the episode, uh, I haven't read the book. You guys both read it, mm-hmm. and yeah. you told me that the story is very good. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a bestseller, and it has a, like. Do you guys already read the other books or just the first one? I've read the first two books and I started the third. And I'm working on the second one right now. Now, how is the second one so far? The second one's great. I mean, so basically Gen Con was coming up. I saw this game was coming out. The Mm -hmm. components looked good and the gameplay looked good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I heard people say, oh, yeah, the story's amazing. So I bought the book right before Gen Con. It's a three or four hundred page book, and I read it in three days. Oh my goodness! Um, and I'm not, you know, even a big reader. It was just yeah. like totally grabbed my attention. I totally loved the book, mm-hmm. um, so I jumped in and play, read the book before the game. And then Jonathan, I think you were a little different. Well, yeah, I was waiting for Derek to finish the book, and he never did, so I went and bought it myself. <laughs> um, but at least, for, at least for their first book, it was kind of similar. You know, it's one of those. It's a, it's you know a decent sized book, but it's a quick read once you get into the story. So I think having, I think I played it once before, and then I read the first book and then played it again and I feel like I got it a lot more um, and understood the character I was playing a lot more just based on the book. Well, I was busy reading some good Batman all days comics, you know, like The Dead of, Dead of the Family by Jim Starling. So I was a little bit busy, but I promise I will read it. Now, I wanted to mention this about the book because, like I said, I haven't read it and I feel like the game, mechanically speaking, it plays amazing. Uh, I completely 100% with you guys. I believe that the game plays better as a cooperative but that doesn't mean that you cannot play it solo you're able to play it solo yeah so and i believe also you will have fun um but i do believe that it's a little bit or slightly better if you play it uh cooperative now what you like and what you don't like from the game kelly um i guess i really most things are uh positives for me on this game Mm -hmm. um i got it at gen con I, i played it you know seven or eight times or even 10 times before we played it cooperatively and we played it a couple times together mm-hmm. uh, and then i played it another five or six times uh you know solo so uh that's a lot of time to devote to one game so mm-hmm. i really do like it overall um my favorite parts about it i will say are the um ties to the theme of the book that i love okay. i mean it I, w- I would ultimately recommend this game but you know it is a hundred dollar plus game uh, I would much rather you spend ten dollars and buy the book. I mean, the book, <laughs> the book is one of my favorites I've ever read, and the game yeah. I think is really, really good. Uh-huh. Um, so that's the positives. Uh, the negatives, I guess, the only thing that's a negative is it's one of those games where, uh, I mean, every single time the goal is to beat Steelheart. Uh-huh. Uh, the the order in which cards come out will differ slightly. Um, you can change the locations. It doesn't actually make a difference to the game, but you know, just component wise, you can change the locations. To give yourself some flavor, um, but the game is one of those very straightforward games with one goal. So there isn't a lot of uh, like there's no campaign or there's no uh, story beyond just that one setting yeah. of that one game. So I guess that'd be my really only negative uh-huh. um, aspect yeah. of the game. What about you, Jonathan? What you what do you like and what you don't like from the game? Um, I mean, the main things would be what, what Caleb likes as well. I think this does a good job of incorporating the theme. Um, one of the things I'd be curious about is if there are any plans. Um, and I haven't read the second or third book to see if it would logistically make sense to base a board game around those like it is. Um, you know, where in the first book they're focusing around taking on Steelheart. Um, but if, if they'd be able to make expansions to incorporate the other epics, um, you know, any new Reckoners that they encounter, but um, that could be a way to, I guess, diversify. But I think you get a lot more of the story if you've read the book and then play. Um, it may not be as engaging if, if you haven't read the 
the book itself and you kind of you know start playing trying to get in the story where there's really not a story guiding the game necessarily once you get the mechanics down but for the most part I, you know i like the the gameplay itself yeah i think mechanically if you strip it from the story it's a sort of a, a knobs and levers game like mm-hmm. you're just constantly like i'm gonna move this knob up by two that means that one goes down by three and you've just got all these you know mechanisms that you're trying to manipulate number by number so if you strip away all the theme from it i mean ultimately i, I think the mechanics are solid but they're nothing that's amazing i think yeah. it's more the combination of everything and how it comes together exactly what i like from the game um i need to start the components are outstanding we talked on previous episodes how I, I really appreciate when a game uh, brings either wooden uh, wood tokens or um, metal tokens or something like that. Well, these games includes everything that I could possibly ask for. The dice, the quality are super good. The miniatures are super good, especially your version, uh, the metal version, pre-painted. They look amazing, beautiful. The coins are very good. The trays are very well done as well. What I don't like from the game, it's first thing, the replayability that you mentioned. Now, I don't know if they're going to come out with expansions because of the books, which is a, a possibility too. But that's one of the things that I don't like from the game, the replayability. That's the downside for me. Second thing, that is not particularly about the game, is more about the story. I haven't read the books. So I don't know um, if it's... Uh, I guess my rating right now will be probably a little bit lower of the game once we get to that point. But I'm pretty sure it's because I'm not very familiarized with the theme. Because mechanically, the game is fun. Um, but probably if I read the books and I get into the story, I will definitely enjoy it more, like you mentioned before. It's, it's uh, definitely a good advice to read the story first and then to play the game. So those are mainly the two aspects of the game that I don't like. Where one is not from the game, it's from me. that I, haven't, I don't know about the story. And uh, replayability, it's super low. And probably a third one would be that I mean, for solo gaming, I personally probably wouldn't get it. Uh, I, I will get it for, a, you know, if I have a gaming group and we can play cooperative two or three people, that's super fun. But to play it specifically for solo gamers, I will probably not get it. Um, I like games that are difficult and challenging, and definitely this is difficult and challenging, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I've played this game probably... I don't know, 12, 14 times, I think, now. And I think I've won twice or maybe three times. I think it's twice. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, It's a very difficult game. But, I mean, going back to that thing I said earlier about how there's not a lot of, uh, you know, movement with the story. You're playing the same scenario over and over again. I don't think you'd want it to be super easy because then I think you would be done with the game very quickly. Uh The, The thing it has going for is it plays pretty quickly. Uh, it's very easy to play. There's no like picking up the rule book halfway to check some rule that you may have missed. You never. I mean, it plays very smoothly. So every time I played it solo, I don't think I ever just played it once solo. Yeah. I immediately played it again because like, oh, I think I can get it this time. So now you have played solo more times than, of course, me or Jonathan, and you have played cooperative with us. Yep. Which one do you? Th- I mean, you said already cooperative is better, but will you recommend this game? This game for a solo gamer, or like a specifically solo gamer? I think. I mean, it, the biggest thing is it depends on your budget. I mean, if you're wanting a <laughs> yeah. premium game and you're willing yeah. to pay for that experience. Because actually the price right now, now that you mentioned the, the, the budget, the price on Amazon, we, we, which is where we base the prices from, because usually, well, not usually, but sometimes it's the most uh, fair and cheap game uh, price around the, the web. Uh, the Reckoners Day shows that it's actually going to be in stock in January 1st, 2019, and it shows $100 plus shipping, which is like another $20, 120 but it's for the basic or retail version, right? Yep. So um, will you recommend, once again, now that we took a look at the price, 
these games for solo gamers? I mean, it definitely depends on how deep you are into it. If I was starting a solo game collection, I would not start with this one. There's lots of other cheaper games that are going to yeah. give you lots of replayability. And once you start getting to $120, now you're getting into Gloomhaven territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's you know a super epic, going to take you a long time of game. So it kind of depends on what you're looking for. So there are people I would recommend this for. But I think your general solo gamer, there's probably better places to spend your money, even though I really do like the game. What do you think, Jonathan? Do you think, would you recommend this game for solo gamers? I, I mean, I would probably go along the same lines of Caleb. When you were talking about the price point, I was thinking um, that's similar when we talked about Mansions of Madness. Yeah. Um, where that's more of a theme-driven game, but I feel like that one, you know, like if you compare the two, Mansions is a lot more geared toward having solo yeah, opportunities as well, and it has a story to support that. Where, the app helps you a lot. Uh, yeah, um, and even without the app, um, you know, even playing Arkham Horror, the card game by itself, it has more of that story built in as yeah. you progress, where, um, you know, this game, you kind of have the story going into it, and then you play. I think, it's so, a good, I think it's a good comparison in that aspect. Now, let's talk before the rating. Let's talk about the weight this time. What do we think about the, the weight? Once again, this, get, with this we get it from BoardGameGeek.com, and they use a five-point weight scale, which is light, medium-light, medium, medium-heavy, medium or heavy. Um, so what do you guys think about the weight, Jonathan? Um, I think, you know, when you kind of break it down for the game itself, I'd probably have it around that medium-light to medium level. I mean, I don't think it... Mm-hmm. Like, once you learn the gameplay, you know, making the decisions and mechanisms in the game, I don't think they're very complex, so... Yeah. Um, I'd probably put it on medium light, to okay. be honest. What about you, Caleb? Yeah, I'd say medium light. I, I think I could teach this to any person who shows any interest in wanting to play mm-hmm. a board game. Um, there's no rules that, you know, you don't have to be an experienced gamer to be able to understand this game yeah. in any way. Um, I think, you know, most of the mechanisms are Yahtzee-type mechanisms, and then just do what the dice says on the symbol. And mm-hmm. they have little cards that show you what those symbols mean. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a super smooth game. So I would say probably medium light. I would probably put it on medium light, too. And the only reason why I don't put it on light is because the upgrades, that they could be a little bit, for a new gamer, it could be a little bit challenging sometimes to find the symbols and all that stuff and to uh, assess the mechanics uh, properly. But other than that, like you said, and I agree completely, medium light will be a good way. And if we speak literally, from the box, it's heavy. Now, uh, the Netflix, well, kind of Netflix rating. Caleb, you're the man in charge. Explain yeah. us how it works. So it's a one to five rating scale. One means you hated it. Uh, two means you did not like it. Three is that you liked it. Four is you really liked it. And five is that uh, you loved it. Let's start with you, my friend. So I guess for me, this would probably be like a 3.5. Uh, the book is a five out of five. I would definitely highly recommend everybody pick mm-hmm. that up. Um, the gameplay, you know, it gets helped a lot by my love of the book. So I would say probably a 3.5. 3.5. What about you? I'd probably put it at a three. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, you could have different ratings based on it, you know, knowing the backstory from the book. Um, but I think most people like just playing the game itself would probably put it at a, you know, probably a three. Um, but I think, you know, like with Caleb, that book probably boosts the gameplay up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, I would definitely recommend doing both together or, um, you know, once, once the game's out and more available, re- you know, reading the book now and then getting the game when it comes yeah. out. What about you, little Caleb? What is your rating for this game? 3.5. Oh, yeah, right. Of course. Just like your daddy. Okay. <laughs> so I will, I will say that for me, I would put it... Uh, <laughs> hold on. I'm still laughing about little Caleb. So I would say that for me, I would put it at 2.5. Why 2.2? 2. 2 it's uh, that I, don't, I didn't like it? Yeah, it means you don't like it. No, mm-hmm. well, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I think most games are going to be a 3 uh, if you sit there yeah, for yeah, no. hours. But let, let, me, let me put it this way. I would put it like 2.7, kind of. A little bit below I like it, but it's only and mainly 
because I, I haven't read the story. I'm pretty sure once I read the story, it will probably jump to 3.2 or 3.5 as well. That's main, and I'm exp I'm, I'm saying this because I'm not saying that it's a bad game, or I'm not saying that I didn't like it at all. It's just I wish I could know more about the story. I know it's confusing, and then with my accent and language barriers, it's so crazy. Caleb is on the other side of the room laughing. That's fine. <laughs> But anyway, that's that's what it's all about to read the games, you know. So I guess for me right now at this episode 2.7, who knows? Probably in uh, five episodes from now, in After I read the book, I can keep it at an upgrade a little bit and I will mention it. I won't forget. Now, this is, like I said before, episode number 10. It's a special episode. We made it already to this number and the plan is to keep going with more reviews, uh, more games, trying to get more interviews with designers, to bring more inter interesting stuff to the tabletops and to your speakers. And I want to thanks a lot, like give a special thanks to one of uh, my friends on Facebook, that he has been supporting the show since the beginning. And for this, we're going to do kind of a game here with the audio because he gave us a challenge on Facebook. He says, when I say to him, uh, you know, we will say hi on our next episode, which is this one. He said, well, I hope you can say my last name correctly because everybody does the mistake. So we will start with the game. I will say that thank you so much, Kevin Soldier, for listening to us. And please keep sharing with your friends and, you know, you're, you're a part of this. So... How do you say his last name? Let's see. I, I say Salyer. So what do you think? Uh, Kevin Salyer. Salyer. There you go. Well, I feel like you guys sound the same, the same one. <laughs> no, no, no. You so, need to make it different. So I, I think if I'm going to be different, I, I think it would be like Salyer. Salyer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Salyer? No. Probably Salyer. Who knows? I mean, I please, Kevin, right. if you're listening to this, comment. If you're listening to iTunes, comment on the, put in the comments there to see. It will be fun. Uh, what about you, little Caleb? How will you pronounce his last name? Kevin Salyer. There you go. You got it. Okay, so all the staff is saying hi to you, Kevin. Thank you so much, all of you. Once again, to uh, it's because of you that we are in episode number 10. We will keep bringing more episodes, like I said before. Caleb, thank you so much for joining us and for being with us. Another special night, my friend. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Jonathan, we'll do it again, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And I will keep pushing. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> all righty. And thank you so much, guys. Remember that you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SoloBG Podcast. You can also send us an email at SoloBGPodcast at gmail.com and you can listen to this podcast through uh, Spotify, iTunes, which by the way, if you're listening to iTunes, please rate the show, write a comment and you can also listen to us to Google Play and soon I will put all the podcasts in the YouTube platform as well. So thank you so much for listening and remember For victory Go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop. <laughs>